city of stars are you shining just for me hello everyone and welcome to the rough cut retrospective episode 119 a podcast where we talk about movies tv pop culture in the midst of a world burning around us i'm your host a down on her luck actress carter sims and uh i'm joined today as always by uh a man who should really change the name of his jazz club it's jackson McUran. hey buddy it's chicken on a stick man come on man what about sebs with a music note the apostrophe <sighs> you know maybe one day if we break up i'll do it spoilers for a Ooh. film we're talking about today we're back finally <laughs> Uh, to the RCR Top 100 after mm-hmm. uh, three weeks of some fun shenanigans and an emergency pod last week. Uh, today, finally, as promised a week ago, we are covering La La Land. Today, available on Netflix right now. Go watch it right now, then come back to this. We're going to dive in deep. Are you excited, buddy? I am stoked. Amazing. Well, before we get to that, Jackson, tell me something, boy. Tell me something, boy. What have you been into this week? I have been into a lot. Um, surprisingly, not a lot of movies. I need to go through um, the Oscar list and kind of start to tackle those pretty soon. But I did check out Sea Beast, which is mm. really interesting. Have you seen that one yet, Carter? Not yet, no. It's really weird because the animation feels both like really unique and also really bland at the same time like i don't know how to describe it like when i looked at the poster i was like oh ice age am i getting the wrong vibes there it like it has kind of like this weird like animation style that is reminiscent of like the early animation stuff like kind of like ice age or shrek or whatever but it also like has really dynamic like set pieces and and like camera angles and like camera work that's like really fascinating and like sometimes the water and like Stuff like that looks really, and the lighting looks really good. But like the character models look kind of basic. I don't know what it is, and maybe the voice acting is a little rough for me too. But oh. I think it's good. I, I I don't know. It's definitely not my favorite out of those. I don't think it's favorite to win. But no, I think that's the that's definitely the dark horse in that yeah. competition for anime. But yeah, but... that's on Netflix. So if you want to check that out, you can totally do that. Uh, I also finished uh, my Avatar: The Last Airbender binge, which was super quick. Nice. We, we uh, tore through that. Um, we're getting some started... new Avatar content, aren't we? So, yeah, we're getting a movie and a show, I think, also. So should be yeah, cool. Saw some stuff for this that. week. Yeah. Um, and then I also binged The Last of Us on HBO Max. I'm fully caught up now. <sighs> Still we watched, behind. We watched the first three episodes in one day, and then we looked at our clock, and we're like, oh, I guess the, the new one comes out in 10 minutes. And then we just like, oh. finished that one, too. Um, I'm loving it. I've never played the game, but people are calling it like the best adaptation game adaptation ever. And Whoa. it's really cool. If you like zombie stuff, this is like a pretty cool spin on it. Um, so yeah, if you're if you're big into sci-fi, this is like one of my favorite sci-fi concepts they've done in like a second. So I dig oh, that. Sick. Um, and then also me and Abby have been playing It Takes Two on the PS5, and it's like just this really cool like co-op like puzzle game kind of it's like a oh i love it it's it's really fun it's basically about this like divorced or this couple who's about to get divorced and their kid cries magic tears and turns you into like these dolls and you have to like do like all these like like ant-man-esque adventures like i don't know it's really cool oh fun it's, it's super fun 
I, I enjoy it a lot. But yeah, that's what I've been into this week. But you amazing. Uh, I've been doing a few things. Um, first thing, I went to see uh, Missing in theaters, which nice. is like the uh, pseudo sequel to like the Searching movie that came out in 2018, which uh-huh. was uh, like all like iPhone, all on screens and stuff like that. Um, really cool. Uh, a lot of twists and turns. I really enjoyed it, actually. So I thought it was very fun and inventive. Um, then I finished. I don't know. Have you heard of like Kaleidoscope, this Netflix show? Yeah, I haven't checked it out, but yeah, I've heard about it. Lauren and I binged that over like a week or so. And uh, like the whole concept is Giancarlo Esposito, like uh-huh. leads like a, a heist gang to rob a bank. But you can like watch the episodes in any order and like still cool. get the full story. Um, a, a, a little bit of a gimmick and like, I think you could just tell the story and be just fine, but you know, a little gimmicky show. I enjoyed it. It was, it was interesting. Um, and Giancarlo is, is amazing. He's on a tear right now. I love it for him. Um, and then you watched this this week too. Um, I think yesterday 80 for Brady Jackson. Um, yeah, I went to see this with my mom. I was in town, uh, in Bloomington. And I had a sleepy 4.30 showing of uh, 80 for Brady at the East Side Movie Theater, your former workplace. Uh, I worked no, at the Will's, West Side, Will's actually. Fair, Will's former workplace. Yeah. Um, still hate that theater, but it was the only show. It's a terrible theater. It's really bad. <laughs> it was me, my mom, and I think probably just one solo Pats fan behind us in the theater. Fine. <laughs> um, this was such a strange movie. Um, it was bad, I think. For yeah. About, really bad. Um, really strange in retrospect with uh, Brady having retired to basically promote the movie, but also he talks about spoilers, talks about retirement in the movie and it's a whole thing and it's just very, very strange concept. And I can't believe it's a real movie, but uh, did you, what were your thoughts on it? Did you enjoy your, your time? (laughs) I like when uh, they convince him with an inspiring speech to beat the Falcons when they're down. Like (laughs) this is like a recent sporting event too, to be turned into a movie. Like it's not even like four years old. I don't think maybe it is four years old at this point. Uh, Four or five. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's like not, it was not that long ago. Like we were in college when this happened. Nope. And a tough looks for Matt Ryan. Um, Yeah. My quarterback, but not for long. I don't think he's our quarterback now. So uh, so. (laughs) no. So rip to Matt Ryan. Um, but go Tom Brady, I guess. Woohoo. Star of they Ted. They cannot two. act, huh? Nope. 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 But I had fun. My mom and I, when the movie ended, she was like, well, that was dumb. I was like, yeah, it was. <laughs> but we had fun. Gosh, we had fun. Um, that's all I've been into this week. Kind of a slow, a slow week. Oh, and IU beat uh, Purdue and Rutgers in basketball. Yeah, so true, I went to those games. True. So that's kind of where my time was spent this week. Did you storm the court? No, I stood there and watched, you know, act like you've been there. Am I right? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Storm the court if you want, kids. I'm not going to tell you to not have fun. Um, Even if I'm, you're favored to win. Yeah. <laughs> Too old for that. I'll just stand there and go, woohoo. Uh, anyway, I digress. This isn't a sports podcast. It's a movie podcast. And I think we should move on, Jackson. Uh, let's dive into I'm ready for my close up. All right, Mr. DeMille, I'm ready for my close up. And uh, today we have chosen, as mentioned, La La Land.
see the decorations. Good luck in the new year. I just heard you play, and I wanted... It's pretty strange that we keep running into each other. Maybe it means something. I doubt it. Yeah, I don't think so. You could just write your own rules, you know? Write something that's as interesting as you are. What are you gonna do? I have my own club. Maybe I'm not good enough. Yes, you are. Maybe I'm not. It's like a pipe dream. This is the dream. It's conflict, and it's compromise. It's very, very exciting. Came out in 2016, which is seven years ago, which is scary to think about. Uh, <laughs> directed by Damien Chazelle, uh, who most know from his work on Whiplash and uh, First Man. People forget about First Man. Don't sleep on First Man. And, uh, and of course, Babylon that came out this year, which is going to be an interesting conversation because it's like the anti-La La Land. Um, so definitely an interesting commentary going on with that. Written by Chazelle as well. Uh, who also wrote, again, Whiplash and Babylon and First Man. Uh, the synopsis, Jackson, if you will. Uh, Mia, an aspiring actress, serves lattes to movie stars in between auditions, and Sebastian, a jazz musician, scrapes by playing cocktail party gigs in dingy bars. But as success mounts, they are faced with decisions that begin to fray the fragile fabric of their love affair and the dreams they worked so hard to maintain in each other Threaten to rip them apart. Whoa. Starring Ryan Gosling, Emma Stone, John Legend, uh, Rosemary Duet, and of course, for a nice, I don't know, two minutes of screen time, J.K. Simmons. Uh, wonderful, wonderful stuff. Um, do you remember when you first saw this, Jackson? Yeah, I saw this in theaters when it came out, like the second or third week, because like word of mouth was pretty good. And I worked at the movie theater at the time, too. Very um, nice. And I saw it with a bunch of my friends. So we kind of have like a, a close memory with that movie. I like it a lot. Oh, yeah. Uh, same for me. I saw it with our friend uh, Davey, for, nice. friend of the pod, and my sister. I saw this twice in theaters, actually. Really? Um, yeah. The first time destroyed me. And I was like, yeah, I want to feel that again. So I went back again. Um, and yeah, it, uh, it really throttled me and uh, it stuck with me. Um, why have I chosen this movie? You might ask, Jackson. Um, so for some reason, this was like one of those theater experiences that I just remember leaving feeling like absolutely floored by the power of cinema, baby. Um, and it was like on the heels of like, you know, we were in a big probably in the peak of like the superhero craze, I feel like. And like, you know, like civil war came out this year and a bunch of Marvel stuff and some DC stuff and a lot of blockbuster stuff. And this felt just like a reprieve from that. And uh, just like felt, I felt the same power, like seeing Marvel movies that this gave me the same feeling, which was really exciting. Uh, back when I got excited for Marvel movies, which, you know, I'm, you know, uh, I'm excited for Ant-Man. I'll say that. Um, and then on top of all that, this is also kind of the first year I really got into Oscars and like following 
the staff pretty closely and obviously we'll talk about it later this oscars is very fascinating uh fascinating ceremony um and i think a turning point in terms of voices that can be heard and what you would expect to win didn't win and uh so an interesting dialogue that we'll get to that later obviously um what about you did just initial thoughts on the movie before we will get into nitty-gritty stuff but what are your overall thoughts of yeah totally i would say my overall thoughts for sure this is like probably my favorite musical movie besides like singing in the rain i think i I just fucking love this thing it is like also maybe my favorite movie that's like a love letter to hollywood like this like feels like classic hollywood but also deals with like a lot of other mediums of art which i think is pretty cool and then also i would just say this i think this is my favorite damien chazelle movie too so hell yeah it's, it's great i love it booyah uh amazing let's go to uh great scott great scott and uh let me first tell you jackson if you remember seven years ago i can tell you some things that were going down and in, in the what was going down seven years ago do you have you heard of a man named donald trump yeah I, i've heard of him no oh, he was elected this year jackson crazy uh, yeah, that happened. Um, Zika virus outbreak, Jackson. Remember that? <gasps> I remember. Good times. Um, probably the biggest one I'll mention. This was the year that Harambe was shot and killed in the Cincinnati <laughs> Zoo. <laughs> I love that that's the biggest one. Definitely, uh, yeah, <laughs> defying yeah. Of, of the year. It was big in high school, man. Everyone was talking about Harambe. I had Harambe shot glasses in college. Take a shot because for Harambe because he took one for you is what said it said on my shot glasses. Um. <laughs> anyway, I'll move on. Uh, other stuff that you know not as not as powerful as that, but uh, the UK left the EU this year. This was Brexit. That was Brexit uh, year. Yeah, pretty wild, huh? Weird. Um, Rio Summer Olympics happened. The Cubs won the World Series. Bunch nice. of good stuff. Bunch of good stuff. And then this is also the year that uh, Hamilton won a bunch of Tonys at the Oscars. So that gotcha. all, at the Oscars, the Tonys. Um, so that all happened. Pop culture stuff, though, Jackson. Do you know any uh, movies that that came out this year, twenty sixteen? I spoiled one. Moonlight. Earlier, but yeah, Moonlight. Yeah, 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 yeah. He spoiled one earlier. I forgot that one. What? what which one superhero, came out earlier? Superhero movie. Oh, Civil War. Yeah, Civil War came out that year. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Which would mean? Did any other Marvel movies come out the year? I'm trying to think. Batman v Superman, I think, was this year. Hell yeah, it did. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else? Uh, we've got Rogue One this year. Yeah, Rogue One came out. Um, this was Deadpool year as well. Deadpool came out this okay. year. Uh, Doctor Strange also came out this year. Weird. I know. Finding Dory, everyone's favorite Pixar film. Maybe. Nope. Uh, yeah. the Jungle Book remake. Which started like the John Favreau. Oh, geez. Yeah, that really started that. Yeah. Um, Zootopia and Jackson Suicide Squad came out this year. Oh, no. I know. Oof. What a year. What some a year. the best superhero movies and some of the worst. Yeah. And Sausage Party. I just had to mention Sausage Party because I had an incredible <laughs> theater experience for Sausage Party. What was uh, it? It's just like when the big food orgy happens at the end of the movie. People just literally screaming in the theaters. It was it was just truly miraculous stuff. <laughs> um, and then on top of that, um, music. Do you know the number one Billboard Hot 100 song of 2016, Jackson? Think back to your uh, because of Suicide Squad. I bet it was Heathens by 21 Pilots. It was up there. That was definitely in the top 10. 21 Pilots yeah. was big in 2016. Um, this was a big Justin Bieber year. This was Love Yourself and uh, oh. Sorry, that whole album. 
And this was also the Adele Weird. Hello Year too, which seems oh, like a okay, long time cool. ago. Yeah, and Drake released some songs. Who cares? Um, show me the money, Jackson. Show me the money. Um, at the box office, La La Land had a thirty million dollar budget and made get this four hundred and seventy two million dollars in twenty sixteen. Like, man, what a time we used to live in. That would not happen today. Um, in a world where Babylon made like, I don't know, ten million dollars, maybe. Um. <laughs> Big sad. Um, so this was the 17th highest grossing movie of 2016, uh, below Kung Fu Panda 3 and above Warcraft. Did you see Warcraft? I did see Warcraft. Did you really? Oh, I did because it, whenever I worked at AMC, it was like a midnight premiere and like a bunch of the coworkers were like, yeah, let's go see it. Like, this will be stupid. And it was so stupid and so boring. Uh, I really, really hated that movie. Tough. Tough adaptation of a video game. Hopefully we'll get better ones. <laughs> and we already have a better one this year. And we'll get Super Mario yeah. this year too. Man, what a time to be alive. And just for the listeners, La La Land, for your reference, grossed more than a Jason Bourne movie, an Ice Age movie, an Independence Day sequel, the Trolls, a Star Trek sequel, an Angry Birds movie, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and a Ghostbusters reboot. It grossed more than all of those movies. So and those came out the same year. Those all came out the same year. Yes. Gotcha. Um, so just a wonderful time in the culture there in 2016. Um, you want some background how the movie came to be Jackson? Yes. I would love to tell you. So Damien Chazelle wrote the screenplay for La La Land all the way back in 2010. Uh, when the film industry seemed out of reach for him, uh, his idea was to take the old musical, but ground it in real life where things don't always exactly work out and to salute the creative people who moved to Los Angeles to chase their dreams, much like Damien Chazelle did when he graduated from, do you know where he graduated from? Indiana University. God, I wish. Uh, no, no uh, right. Harvard University. Oh, uh, a little bit more prestigious than IU, I guess. Well, Indiana is the Harvard of the Midwest, is what they say. Actually, that's not true. David Letterman called Ball State the Harvard oh, of Montana. Okay. So I don't want to hear it. I'll take Dave's advice then there. I'll take his word for it. <laughs> um, so he conceived of the film when he was a student at Harvard with his classmate, Justin Hurwitz, who scores all of his films. Gotcha. Uh, and so then uh, they moved to Los Angeles, I said, in 2010, continued writing the script. Made a few modifications, such as altering the location to Los Angeles instead of Boston, which I think was a great call. Yeah, um, wait, what? How does that even? Okay. Well, they were writing sure. in Harvard, so it took place in Boston. It's all they knew. So it was about like, there was a, it was like a like, class requirement. Like they have to all be taking place in Boston. It was a senior thesis uh, about like a Boston jazz musician is how it started. Um, so, sure. Okay. Sure. It, it it came somewhere else. Um, and he was quoted as like whiplash and La La Land are very similar. They're both about the struggle of being an artist and reconciling your dreams with the need to be human. And he said, La La Land is just much less angry about it. Um, and whiplash is very angry about <laughs> yeah. it. Um, in terms of production, he was unable to produce the film for years. Cause like no studio was like wanting to finance a, a musical about jazz with no familiar songs, anything like that. It was considered to kind of be an extinct genre. Um, and him and Hurwitz were pretty unknown at the time. 
Um, and so they made a little movie called Whiplash. And then when that got Oscar buzz, he finally got the funding to make La La Land, uh, which is pretty cool. So, and the studio also wanted like the original concept was like they wanted the male lead to be from a jazz pianist to a rock musician and uh that didn't work out so good for that um so yeah so then he got to uh make the project with the success of whiplash so shout out to whiplash for giving us la la land and that's how this movie came to be um let's go into you did it you did it congratulations um jackson what works in the movie for you buddy I think what works above everything else is Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling's chemistry. Yes. Absolutely. It's amazing. It's palpable. They they play like it's so good. Like I I don't think they dated in real life, but they should have cuz their chemistry was just amazing. Yeah, this is their um their second collaboration. Like they they worked together oh, first really? in Crazy Stupid Love, which is an amazing movie. By oh, the way. I haven't seen that. Oh, check it out. Steve Carell, Ryan Gosling, Emma Stone, Kevin Bacon. Oh, just a just a just a banger. Are of they a film. together in that movie too? They are together in that movie. Okay. Um, and then they did this, and then they did a little film called Gangster Squad, which I don't think we care to discuss. I, I don't know what that is. <laughs> so uh, this is either their second or third collaboration together, so okay. they're familiar with each other, but you can definitely tell that like they're they're buzzing off each other. So totally. It's pretty awesome. And he was with uh, Eva Mendez at this time, I believe. So no chicanery huh. going on there. And still is with her, I believe. Cool. So, And Emma Stone was with uh, Andrew Garfield at the time, maybe. I don't know. Yes. Yes. And now no. she's married to that epic rap battles of history guy. <laughs> what a dub for him. Wow. I know. Good for that guy. <laughs> Good Sorry, for that guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, back to you. Any, any, anything else? Their Their chemistry is amazing. Yes. Oh, totally. Yeah, I got other stuff. Um, we were talking about like the love letter to Hollywood and like music and musicals and like it, it so obviously takes so much from like uh to me at least, it takes a lot from singing in the rain Definitely. in a lot of sequences that I, I just love. So it's almost like a love letter to vaudeville too, which is is kind of neat. Mm-hmm. They do a lot of uh some of some of those gags a little bit, but but yeah, like I feel like most Hollywood movies are much more like that are about Hollywood are are like I don't think they're as shiny and they're definitely not as like they're like they're like less shiny but more unrealistic at times I feel like and this is like really cool because yeah. it is like this glossy style but but very real at the same time which which I really enjoy. Yeah, I feel like those movies about movie making or like Hollywood are a bit too optimistic at times mm-hmm. and this one is definitely baked into a reality like especially the ending of the movie is like yeah. really brutal um and doesn't end the way you think it should in a happy ending so i do like that little twist on it and the fact that it's just like set in modern times with all of these homages to as you said singing in the rain and the umbrellas of cherberg which is another influence that he uh cites which i watched just this this year and it's a banger as well so yeah uh yeah continue and then i just had one more that i wanted to talk about of like how like it, it it is a musical and and the kind of this is like a complaint that a lot of people say that like they're not the perfect singers or whatever but i really like that aspect of it because it is just this like actress and this uh jazz musician trying to make it like it's not about their singing but it's like told through that medium and i think that's a really cool way to do that yeah it's like i i 
get so pissed off when people make that complaint because like that's the whole point like they're yeah. not polished they're like they're raw around the edges and that's the whole point of it and it's human like that so i like it yes thank you for pointing that out i think i ranted on that once in a letterbox review because someone said that and i was like no so voicing my <laughs> opinions there um amazing i've got a few to to to, to bump off that it. too um having seen babylon this like hits so much different and like in such a good way because like la la land is the most even if even la la land's not even really optimistic really in in terms of like its ending but like the way it's presented is just cast such a like aspirational light on hollywood and like oh wow if only that could be me babylon is like the most gross raunchy uh portrayal of hollywood and it's just gnarly and i just love the dichotomy that he was like it's the anti la la land and it's pretty it, it like almost enhances la la land for me now so like it's even better now given that um you mentioned the not souped up voices feeling really down to earth i love that a lot can we talk about the cinematography because um the shots jackson they're, they're great the way damien chazelle the way he moves cameras is just is really amazing the opening shot like he does like the long takes that like look like one long tank and obviously mm -hmm. you can see the cuts when they happen but it it all feels as one long take with these big dance sequences and these giant party sequences like when like she's in we'll talk about that when we get to favorite scenes and stuff but i just the way the camera moves and the way that like old timey transitions to like another homage to old time uh, hollywood is it was very fun as well the music lasts yeah. and it goes pretty hard Pasek and paul are my guys greatest showman dear evan hansen despite that movie being a travesty <laughs> you and i um the music is really good and it's uh only enhanced by the naturalistic voices because then you can be like oh i can sing that so i like that you can feel that i in. think they're good too like they're not like bad singers no, they're not bad the thing. like they yeah. they sound like good singers who like aren't professional like yeah. which i i really like but like they're still good yes but yeah the music's awesome i really want it on vinyl like that's like definitely what Ooh, i need to yeah. get for myself yeah but it's sick. one of my friends has it and i'm so jealous it's so nice yeah very very nice very nice um and i just gotta mention here i, I will talk about him later in awards but damien chazelle i'm just so in on any project he's got going he's so young he's made four pretty banger movies in my opinion and I can't wait to see what he does next. And I just love his his work. So I'll just throw that on there. And then on top of that, I'm always a sucker for movies about movie making and Hollywood. Like, it's just, it, uh, I won't apologize for it. I love it. I love it very much. Um, And then just themes, Jackson. I like compromising love for your dreams. The themes of, yeah, is this true? Like, it, gives, it gives you Tick, Tick, Boom vibes when you rewatch it after Tick, Tick, Boom. Um, like, how can you do, do you give up this spark to to do what you love to get to where you want to go? Some deep, powerful stuff and just follow your dreams, Jackson, when it's all said and done. OK, will you? OK. OK, all right. good. Amazing. Um, Jackson, quote from the movie. Favorite quote. Uh, yeah, I got one. Uh, and this is this is one that stuck with me on this viewing for the first time. And I don't think I really like appreciated it as much, but it's. Uh, it's a quote from Seb, and it's... They, they worship everything, and they value nothing. Yeah. I just really, really love that quote. I think it's very, sadly, it's kind of coming more and more true for everyone right now. And yeah. 
yeah, it speaks layers to not just movies and filmmaking, but you know, yeah, the times we're in. Yeah, that's a good one. I had that one written down as well. Um, for me, I also just have. Here's to the ones who dream. I like that a lot, and it's not a lyric, but you know, gosh, it's good. I I like more. It's oh yeah. I'm letting life. Uh, I'm letting life hit me until it gets tired. (laughs) I think that's pretty good. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, I guess I'll see you in the movies. That's another one I got for you. Good quotes. Good quotes. Good quotes. Um, Jackson, favorite scene. I have so many. I wrote a lot down. I did too. So we could just um, go through the whole movie if you want. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'll, I'll, I want to start off with Another Day in the Sun, just introduction. Amazing song. I know that they purposely chose singers that sound like Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling, even though it's like not them singing the song. Uh-huh. And like just the set piece of it being on like the actual highway, and like you can see like in the distance, like all these real cars driving by is is really neat. And I just love those like opening ensemble pieces and musicals. I think they're like really fun. And this one was like exceptional. It's so fun. Like the colors, like the costuming, yeah. the choreography, dancing on the cars. And then they open up the door and the band is there. Oh, yeah. It's super stuff. cool. And then it like transitions perfectly back into like where we see the characters, which I think is really great too. You know? Yeah. It's all seamless. And it's all like we talked about, like it's all kind of in one shot. Like that doesn't like uh-huh. cut away or anything. It makes it look like it's all in one seamless shot, which is just yeah. lovely. It's just the joy of the scene. Everyone's so happy. It's such a great way to open up the movie. I love that scene a lot too. Um, and then yeah, I, I guess I'll go to another one really quick too. Um, the another song that I think is just so great is somewhere uh, or someone in the crowd, yep. which is the uh, the next big like really fun piece where um, Emma Stone's going to uh, she's convinced to go out to the party with her friends who don't get enough screen time and. I don't know. I, it's just a really fun one. And, and you see her like romanticize the moment too, where she walks through the crowd and everyone's like in slow mode, like kind of dancing in place. And, oh, and then it speeds up, it ramps up again to like kind of like the Babylon energy that I, that I think, feel like you're kind of talking about of like oh, yeah. people jumping into the pool and everyone's dancing really fast. And like the song picks up like really intense and it's just so much fun. Oh my God. When the camera goes in the pool and it's spinning yeah, and around it's spinning. and it's spinning and then it just pants up to the fireworks. <laughs> like what a, what a, what a banger. And then like when she's walking through and it's like snowing for a minute too. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's beautiful. Uh, a beautiful yeah. sequence. I just have to say first and foremost in that song, just a little nitpick. I'll get out of the way right here. Like if Mia wasn't going to come with them, they hop in her car and she drives them. Like, how are they going to get there? <laughs> they walked to the car and the dance number. <laughs> Uh, but they, they all had to walk home, I guess, or they went home with other people because the car got towed. Her car. Bummer. But yeah, but, that's a that's a great scene too. Yeah, someone yeah. in the crowd. So far, you've listed two that the first two that I've written down as Perfect. well. So this is great. Keep going. Um, <laughs> this one isn't a uh, like it's actually just like not a, a a musical scene, but it's the montage of her auditioning uh, for all these different roles, and they're so ridiculous and so funny, <laughs> and like that's obviously like the point. Like it's kind of like. 
dehumanizing a little bit that like she's going out for these roles like just like get a chance to make it and like the material is just like completely ridiculous no jamal you be tripping (laughs) exactly (laughs) like it's just so it's so so goofy um oh my god yeah i think it's so fun yeah i'm with you there uh i didn't have that one written down though but i love that one yep do you want to rattle off a couple since i've just been on a tear sure um uh seb playing for the first time in lipton's in the in jk simmons bar when he's playing uh we wish you a merry christmas or he's playing the christmas songs and then he starts to get into his feels and starts playing the theme the la la land theme and then just watching just watching Ryan Gosling play the piano and knowing that he like learned to play the piano no CGI no hand doubles that's all him Oh really? I did not yeah. know that. Oh yeah, it's all him. Uh which is so just just pretty incredible just to watch him do that. So I love all that. And then I just love JK Simmons cooking for like he's there for like one scene and then he's 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 out and it's great. I love him very much. And he's like, come on, it's Christmas. He goes, yeah, I know. I see the decorations. Now get out. <laughs> good luck in the new year. Yeah, yeah, good luck in the new year. Yeah, it's so good. And then I just love like he walks out and then like Mia's like, I just heard you play, just brushes her off and keeps going. Like that, I feel like that plays for laughs. Like it, it's not as like, it's such a funny bit. Yeah. Like, cause you think they're going to embrace or talk or whatever. And then yeah. like, it, it, it throws you for a loop and I like it. And obviously that comes back to play in, in big ways in the finale. Yeah. Um, which pays off pretty well. Um, honorable mention just for the, uh, the, the whole party where they meet when he's playing in the eighties cover band, when Seth's <laughs> yeah. playing in the eighties cover band <laughs> and she uh, suggests Iran. Um, all that is great, but I just want to shout out this scene because I love the guy who's the aspiring screenwriter. Who's talking about, <laughs> Goldilocks and the three bears. He's like, there could have been a fourth bear. We don't know. <laughs> and he's like, and I just telling the story from the perspective of the bears. I thought it was just fun in light of Puss in Boots, the last wish. Cause we kind of just got true, that. True. And I just loved that. Um, for sure. Um, do you have the dance at the sunset at the lamp and the lamppost? Yeah. It's the, uh, what a waste of lovely night song. Yes. Yes. That is the next bullet on my list. What a what a scene! Um, just watching them dance and the the cinematography. Oh, the golden hour shot of the sunset. Yeah, and then I also just love at the end of the scene when he's just like, "Oh yeah, my car's just right here." And then he walks. Oh all yeah, the way it's back. amazing. He walks all the way back to his car. Oh, good details there. I love that. Going um, to the to the dance that they do there, they like put on their tap shoes, which is really fun too. Yes, but um. It correct me if I'm wrong. It feels like they switched to like a sound stage there. Like it, like it doesn't feel so much on lo- location. It feels like I'm not sure. Actually, I don't know. Like it kind of feels like Matt. Like it feels like a like a magic moment. Like kind of captured on a sound stage instead of like on location, which I kind of like. And then it feels like it switches back. I, I could be totally wrong. Ooh, like, maybe 
There's something know. about that that I, I found really cool. Right? It I is enjoy. nice. It's just a good feel. I just love it very much. Um, yeah, it's just a really fun scene and just watching them dance. It's a good stuff. Uh, I'll throw one more that I can throw back to you. Gosh, we have a lot of scenes and I'm not mad about it. Um, I just love just uh, all the stuff from the rebel without a cause to the observatory, like watching. So when they're watching the movie at the real Alto yeah. and like, she stands up like <laughs> in front of everybody blocking the screen, <laughs> super rude. Yeah. Also, you're not going to see very well with all that light in your eyes, but nope. sure. Go ahead. But just a beautiful scene <laughs> of them staring at each other. And then just the, the awkwardness and like the excitement of holding the hands for the first time, like yeah. feeling the little kinetic energy there, watching their faces. They try to kiss and the film burns out and then they drive to the observatory the Griffith Observatory, yeah, and that whole sequence, that dreamlike sequence where they start flying and they're dancing and the music behind it. Oh, it's it's just it's just wonderful. Yeah, uh, both, both of those scenes are really cool. Have you ever had like a film burnout, like while you're watching it? No, have you? Yeah, I was watching Fred Claus in theaters <laughs> and it got on fire. Fred Claus. We were at me and my dad went to French Lake, and we were just like, "All right, we'll see a movie, I guess." And then instead of refunding us, they gave us like ticket vouchers to come back. We were just like, "Well, we're never coming back here. This kind of sucks." <laughs> Not coming back to see Fred Claus. <laughs> so oh. I never got to finish Fred Claus. I've never seen the ending. Oh, you're not missing much. Um, it's fun. Vince Vaughn, <laughs> Paul Giamatti. Good, yeah, great concept. Great concept. <laughs> Oh man, that's amazing. but then yeah, the the observatory stuff is so cool. Like, um, I went there like my senior year of high school. No, oh, maybe my cool. junior year on like a school trip, and it was so cool. Like the Griffith, the yeah, it's the Griffith Observatory, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, it's so so cool, so pretty. The like pendulum in the middle that they like show like them dancing around in like the bird's eye shot is like really neat, and it's just like such a smart location to use. It's genius. And I just like that they recreate the shot from Rebel when they drive the car up yeah. and they get in but there. But I, I also hate that because it's like, that's the most unrealistic part. Like, they could be flying. <laughs> oh, no yeah. Way you're driving they can't do that. Up to this. You can't do that. You're not allowed. I think that's when a movie, the movie takes a, a real turn where, like, you get into this, like, imaginary world, this fantastical portion yeah. of it. Where there's, like, no tourists ever in any right. stuff. Because, yeah. like... It, it it always bothers me too whenever like someone's sitting in front of the Lincoln Memorial and it's like completely empty. It's like how when <laughs> what time do you go? Like this is this isn't a thing. Yeah, there's always a tourist group yeah. with cameras and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> so I just like that. I just like the 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 wide eyed view of L.A., which would just never happen. So yeah. it takes on a fantastical uh, viewing. I'll throw it back to you if you got any more to rattle off. I I still have more, but I'll. I have one more, and it's at the very end. So if you want to, oh, good. rattle some more off, then we can. Let me we let me go. rattle a few more because I just um, love the summer montage. Um, yeah, I, really quick. I guess we should shout out like the chapters that they do with the seasons. I think yeah, really I think that works yeah. really really well in this. Yeah, they start with winter, and then they go season by season until the final one is winter five years later. Yeah, uh, and I think it's just set up very well. Um, but yeah, the summer montage, just specifically. The famous camera movement shot in the jazz club when Mia's dancing and Ryan's playing. And there's a f- very famous Twitter film, Twitter video of Chazelle just tapping the camera guy to flip the camera back and forth and back yeah. and forth. And I just love that sequence so much. And it just brings me, brings me such, such joy. 
I love that very, very much. Yeah, their cameramen were getting workouts for sure. Yeah, they were. Their, their core strength was crazy. They were like treading water in that pool shot, just like getting the perfect, perfect angle. Man, <laughs> unionized. They're unionized. Um, yeah, they are. yeah, totally. Um, so and then just a choir moment, them sitting together at the piano playing and singing the song in, in Seb's apartment. And then like Ryan Gosling like kind of fucks up the words. And like they both just kind of laugh and they just keep it in the movie and then they just keep going. I just love, I just love that. Um, feels really good. I'm not gonna say this is a favorite scene, but it's the one that feels the most realistic in terms of the way it's built out is the dinner uh in Seb's apartment. Yeah. And uh when it just when they start fighting about um, you know, compromising and him going on tour again and like compromising his dream to pay for her show and support her and it gets a little too real and it's like a genuine fight that escalates so naturally in the dialogue it's the one that feels the most written and i think it just really works very well and then it ends with you're an actress and then the music just stops in the scene yeah it's just oh and it's it's diegetic too because it's like the the vinyl like just got to the end of the the song yeah oh i just really admire that scene very much um then two more before the final scene is just it's very quick, just like the fact that he drove to her home in Nevada and only could find it because of that first conversation the, they had walking yeah, around with the library, the house across the library. Oh, just a sweet moment. I love that so much. And then uh, Mia's audition is the last one I'll mention yeah. where she starts telling a story. The lights slowly go down and we just watch Emma Stone just cook for like two minutes. And it's great. And I just like the I like the construct of the lights slowly dimming a lot of the times in the movie mm-hmm. when it just like the characters like getting introspective and like in their own head. Um, so I just love that device a lot. Um, okay, yeah, like even the way that they like, yeah, because like the way they transition into like a like a musical moment feels like very much still appreciative of like the art of movie making because it is yeah. like all right you you can feel like a director being like all right pan this way yeah add these lights now and like it feels like i don't know it feels like you're kind of behind the scenes of it a little bit every time too which is really cool yeah it's so nice you feel like you're in the making of a movie while you're watching the movie it's it's pretty brilliant um okay i'm gonna throw to you to kick us off for the dream sequence at the end yeah yeah i was just gonna say that like the whole reveal of like her like being married to someone else I know is like super controversial and a lot of people don't like this movie because of it. Oh, I love it for that. I think it's really fascinating to do. Yeah. And to I think it's, it is interesting. Cause I, I feel like maybe I, I guess we get to this later, but like basically like she shows up to the, to the club mm-hmm. um, just by coincidence, like her husband like really wants to hear this music and like walks in and she kind of follows. And then she realizes that it's Seb's mm-hmm. and, I think it's interesting watching this scene because, like, I don't know if she would have gone down if her husband had not already been inside. Like, maybe, like, that's not something she would want to open up or whatever. And so Uh she sits down and she she's looking around for him in the whole like whole place and can't see him. Then finally, he comes comes up on stage and he notices her and then like he plays like their song song. basically. And then it kind of cues into like a what if kind of scenario and i think it starts with like you see them at like the theater or no maybe it doesn't start with that but basically like it it starts with him playing music back at that diner and at that restaurant like she sees him and they kiss instead of him storming off and Mm -hmm. and it's 
I think this is kind of maybe like the commentary to people being like, well, it's not realistic. And it's like, okay, well, this is what it would, or like, it's like, it's too realistic. It's like, okay, well, this would be, this is what it is if it's not that. And it's like, you have everyone showing up to her one woman show and you have everything working out for both of them. And it's just like, I feel like it's him almost being like, see, this isn't like a compelling story. Like this is. Yeah. It's not real. real. Yeah. 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 And so like, I think, I I don't know. I feel like people maybe take the wrong message away from this scene of like, oh, this could have been so much better. It's like, well, no, this is like so unrealistic. Like this, this isn't how it happens all the time and that's okay. And I think that's like a really interesting story. Yeah. Just the way it's all set up. Like, obviously this is the big homage, the biggest probably of, to those movies of Gene Kelly of singing in the rain of an American in Paris, like those long drawn out dream sequences at the end of the movie in American in Paris, especially is like, that's basically how that movie ends. Um, and just a big musical on a soundstage. And it just has all those elements, those classic Hollywood elements of them ballroom dancing on a, on a star studded soundstage and going mm-hmm. past all of these. And they walk through the soundstage that they saw on their first date when they were looking in the doors. And, yeah. and it's all just, it, my favorite part of it is when they're at the club and John legend walks up and he's like, <laughs> and no, no, like he just t- goes, he shrugs like, okay, just keep walks away. <laughs> uh, and it's great. And then obviously when it when it ends and it comes back in and you realize that they're not together and they were a big part of each other's lives and they they got the, their dreams they always wanted because of each other, but they couldn't be together because of it. I think it's just beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um just just wonderful stuff. Um amazing. Is that all we got in scenes? Tackled I a think lot so, of them. yeah. I basically covered the whole movie and I'm not mad about it. <laughs> um, uh, wonderful. I just have two bonus things to mention Okay, uh, that I wrote down. Um, just the parallel of the actress walking into the cafe in the beginning uh, when Mia's serving her and then Mia walks in in the five years later sequence yeah. does the same thing. I really like that. And then the in two intro scenes of Mia and Seb like doing their work. It's the same coffee pour and the same lighting the stove. And I just mm-hmm. in both of their intros, and I like that a lot. That's all I got. Um, okay, Houston, we have a problem. Houston, we have a problem. What could have been better, Jackson? I have one nitpick that I want to get into really quick since you just mentioned the scene where the actress walks in and she's yes. like starstruck. Uh huh. In the first in the first scene, why uh-huh. is she so like starstruck when it's literally a coffee shop on a movie set? <laughs> Like, I'm sure you see actors and actresses all the time. Like, that can't be that crazy. Maybe it was like her seeing Ezra Miller, you know? Like, maybe they were terrified. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe, maybe that's what it was. was They gave it to free because they didn't want any trouble. They're like, we don't want (laughs) no problems. (laughs) You just get out of here. Oh, man. That is a good point, though. Like, why are they like they see stars every day, probably, right? So, yeah. Fair point. I don't know. Maybe maybe all the uh, PAs are getting out for him or something. I don't know. But fair, fair point. Fair point. I'm with you there. Um, I have a couple others. I'll just go through all of mine really quick. Sure, please. Um, as much as I love Ryan Gosling, uh-huh. and I love him so much in this, maybe just maybe we could have gotten a black guy to be the representation of jazz. Like, I don't yeah, know I, if I need another white guy saving jazz music over here. That is, uh, that's my first bullet point. It's just white guys explaining jazz. Yeah. Um, that, and that was, the movie got criticism for that when it came out too. Like that we have kind of a white savior for jazz and it's a little, 
that's a little wrinkly. That's a tough. And it's not look. like they're not paying respect to it, but like it just. Oh, yeah. It, I don't know. Like it's not like spitting in the face of jazz music as far as like what he's saying, but it's just like, yeah. Uh, I don't know. And I had a casting suggestion if you want to hear it. Ooh, please. David Diggs. Oh, I love that. Would be pretty fun. I, I love think. David Diggs. I mean, maybe he's too good of a singer. So maybe they wouldn't. Maybe he could like tone it down a little bit. But I don't Fair. know. I think I think that could could be cool. I don't mind that. He could tone it down. Or maybe actually just get like a jazz musician, like someone who's like really John Batiste. Sure. I don't know who that is, but sure. That's uh that's Colbert's Colbert's guy. Yeah, sure. Why not? Who wrote the he wrote the score for Soul. Uh I don't know so if he's too go. old. I don't know how old he is, but yeah, like either. if if it matches up, then like why not? Okay, I'm with you there. Like, yeah, that's yeah. Def- that's something you look back. Like, it doesn't ruin anything for no. the movie or take you out, but something that yeah bears mentioning for sure. Um, I I said that there needs to be more scenes with Sebastian's sister because I think she's so cool. Yeah, and we don't get a lot she, of her. She shows up two other times after like her one really good scene, like where she's like berating him the whole time. Yeah, but with no um, lines. She doesn't right? speak. Yeah, yeah. I, would, I would. I don't know. I feel like she would be like a kind of cool like like uh angel on his shoulder to kind of guide sam, him a little sam bit elliott role sure of a star sure, is yeah. born type of deal um sure. and she's yeah she's very fun um i also have <laughs> i <laughs> i would have rather had less john legend if possible like, okay, like maybe yes. throw in just anyone else just because i don't know here it's, it's john legend he's kind of cringy to me i can't really explain it it's is it the chrissy but, teigen stuff that is, it might be the chrissy teigen it, stuff Okay, this was my this was one of my big ones is John Legend's character. Um, it's just like I know that it's meant to play like this, like it's supposed to be parody of like, oh, this is what we have to do to jazz to make it mainstream. But is some of it just pushing the envelope of ridiculousness a little bit? See, like for me, what I think is like really interesting about it is I don't think the band is like bad. Oh, bad. oh, you think? Oh, you think they're good? Well, or you I don't think, think they're good. I don't think, like, is this band feasibly a really popular and profitable band to like su- be supporting? I, he, I, I, don't I don't know if it's going to sell out as much. Like, I don't think it would be as mainstream, but I think it would definitely have like a niche audience that would sell out a lot. But to uh, me, yeah. like, it doesn't feel so much as like a bastardization of jazz music, which is kind of like how Ryan Gosling's character is like treating it, interpreting it. Yeah. And it just doesn't, it feels like a different genre. Like, I don't know, like the jazz stuff gets lost in it to me, like to where I don't think it feels like that at all. Yeah. Anymore. Like when they go to, the, when he goes to the first rehearsal, like that is very much jazz. And then like, yeah, the, they throw the beats in and like the generated beats in or whatever. Yeah. And that stuff I get, like that stuff's bad. And, yeah. Like, but, but like, it, turns into... it just doesn't feel like that anymore. And it's like, I, I don't know. Like, I, I get that he's like not happy, like pursuing yeah. what he specifically wants. But like, if that's a sweet gig, like maybe just like Lock rock it with it for a little yeah. bit. And I mean, like, I like the song. I like the We Can Start a Fire song. I yeah. think it's catchy as hell. I love it. Um, But yeah, I just I just had to, to mention that the, the John Legend part was, again, yeah. like you, the part that kind of took me out of it for a minute. Maybe that's where you get David Diggs. Yeah, sure. Honestly, yeah, throw him in there if you want. Like, yeah, I like yeah, that. I don't know. John Legend is just, I, I don't know. He just feels like a like. I feel like it's gonna feel like whenever we watch a movie with Justin Timberlake in it, it's like, oh yeah, like that's kind of like the same thing. Like, remember that? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Fair. What about you? What do you got? What could have been better? 
other than all that, like you hit the big ones for me. This one is just uh, just silly. Like a date at ten o'clock Pacific on a Monday night is <laughs> a, is a tough a tough first date. Um, to see Rebel without a cause, also like it's a pretty niche. It's a pretty niche first date. But I will say, let's bring back wearing suits to the movie theater. That's all I'm gonna say. Because yeah, that was classy. That was real classy. Because I, I did like that a lot. Um, and then also just. Get out of your car and go to the door, Seb, to pick yeah, up. That's rude. Girl, you know, you know, I, our I know, parents raised us better, Carter. I know, maybe, I know. Maybe his didn't. I know it's his shtick to like honk the horn, and that's how he finds her in the sequence when he goes to Nevada. It is cool. Yeah. It's a good little motif, but get out of the car, man. Um, Yeah, that's all the little picks I got. You touched the big ones that I had. Cool. Amazing, amazing. amazing. Um. Should we move on to you like me? And I can't deny the fact that you like me right now. You like me. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> Oscars. Before we get into performances, I'm just going to go through Oscars first. Um, so this movie, La La Land, shares the record for most Oscar nominations. 14 nominations. And it's tied with Titanic and All About Eve. And uh, La La Land is the only one of the three to not win Best Picture. Even wow! It did for like it, for like two seconds. seconds. Yeah. Do you want to talk about that really quick? Yeah. Uh, did you watch this Oscars live? Were you watching I did. It live? Okay. I did watch this live. It was an amazing moment. I, I was by myself though, so it was like super weird. I was just kind I of like screaming at nothing. <laughs> I think I was on the phone with Davey actually, <laughs> and then it like because then the like the show is over, so they announce so Warren Beatty and um. Um, Faye Dunaway go on stage, uh, Bonnie and Clyde, and Faye Dunaway opens the envelope, and we didn't know at the time, but the envelope was the same envelope for Best Actress. Which was Emma Stone. Which was Emma Stone, who had just won for La La Land. So Faye Dunaway was like, what? And then she passes it off to Warren Beatty, and then Warren Beatty announces that La La Land is Best Picture. Because it said La La Land underneath Emma Stone. Yes. Everyone goes on stage. People start except doing speeches. Producers start <sighs> speaking. And then someone comes up to the mic and is like, there's been a mistake. Moonlight, you guys have won best picture. Oh. And you're like, what? Is it's happening? so painful to even like remember. I know. It's so awkward. They and handle then, it really well. Cause like all of those guys could have been like the shittiest and understandably so. They could have been so fucking mad. And upset, but they like were very gracious and humble and like, no, no, like, because I think Jimmy Kimmel comes out and he tries to diffuse it yeah. where he's like, we can give out two awards or something like that. And he's like, no, no, no you guys deserve it. Come up here. Like, like come on, yeah, you guys deserve it. Someone had to go up there and say Warren Beatty's ass. Um, <sighs> it was, and then I, it was like, rough. Faye Dunaway got out unscathed. She's like, Warren, you do this. I'm out of here. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, very tough. And they're like giving speeches about I'm happy to give this award to our friends at moonlight and you're like okay 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 um so that was up until the oscar slap i think the most memorable oscars moment we will ever experience totally and i think i still think that'll be the one that stands the test of time too like i think people will kind of forget and not really care about the will smith thing but like i I don't know like misannouncing the best picture category has to be the biggest like failure of live television like that's so crazy it's pretty wild. And like, I bet we'll get like if it was maybe... any other like award too. like, if it was like for like supporting actor, it wouldn't have been as crazy, but like, this is like, I don't yeah. know. 
wild. Maybe that would be more painful if it was like one individual person on stage. Oh, that would actually be maybe that worse. Would be I don't tough. know. You, when you're alone, at least you have oh. your, your tribe behind you. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. There's something about that that would be bad too. But the fact that it's like best picture, like that's crazy. Yeah, that's big. That's big tough. So, um, so yeah, that happened. So Moonlight won best picture this year. So, um, La La Land lost best picture, but was one of the 14 nominations, as I said. Uh, nominated for best picture, costume design, editing, sound editing, and mixing when it used to be two categories, yep. and screenplay. Uh, it won cinematography, directing for Damien Chazelle, who is now the youngest to win best director ever. Really? Okay. Uh, 36 years old, 33. It's uh, kind of surprising. That's like not super young, but I know it's not terribly young. Um, so yes, he won best director, best score song. Uh, it won for city of stars, but also Mia's audition song was also nominated. And I don't think oh, they do weird. that anymore. They don't think yeah, they that's very two, strange. Two songs from a movie anymore. Um, and it was also one production design. Um, and this is apart from, um, Oscar or acting nominations, but now we can get into performances because um, Ryan Gosling was nominated and lost. Do you know who he lost to? This is for supporting actor. This is actor Ryan Gosling or just lead actor. Lead actor. Do you know who he lost to in 2016? Uh, Was it? I have no idea. Actually, this was uh, Casey Affleck. Oh, in Manchester by the Sea. Yes. Yes, it was. Um, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I remember people were mad about it because, like, I think at the time, like, he had, like, some assault allegations and he was, like, yeah. drunk or something. He was very weird in his acceptance speech. Yeah, he had the allegations surrounding him at the time, which was yeah. a tough look. Other nominees this year. So Ryan Gosling was nominated. Also yep. nominated was Viggo Mortensen in Captain Fantastic, which is a really yep. awesome movie. Yep. Uh, Denzel Washington in Fences. And he was pissed he didn't win. He was pissed. He was in the front row. I remember row. that. Yeah. yeah. It was tough. That was kind of his to win that year, I feel like. Like everyone kind of thought it would go to him, right? Yeah. Because Viola Davis wins for Best Supporting Actress this yeah. year for the same film. Um, but he doesn't. He misses out on it. Um, And our boy Andrew Garfield nominated for Hacksaw Ridge. Oh, no way. Weird. Yeah. About so, that. so yeah, Casey Affleck won this year. But... There's a case for Gosling. The the fact I that he so. actually played the so. piano, I think, is is very impressive to me. Um, yeah, that should have gone to Denzel overall, I think. But yeah, yeah, I think so. Denzel was pretty pretty good. He was guy. so fucking mad. He was so pissed. <laughs> oh man. Uh, and then Emma Stone wins for actress in a leading role, as we alluded to. Um, she beat out Isabel Hubert in L, Ruth Nega in Loving. Natalie Portman and Jackie and Meryl Streep and Florence Foster Jenkins. That's a weak year. I was going to say, I haven't seen any of those movies. All of those movies. I haven't seen Elle. Loving Jackie, Florence Foster Jenkins are pretty meh, I would say. So I think Emma Stone was the clear runaway there. So good for her. Uh, and then as we alluded to Moonlight earlier, Mahershala Ali wins for Moonlight yep. and supporting actor. Um, no nominees for J.K. Simmons here. Or John Legend. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> um, do you think in terms of between Stone and Gosling, who do you think like wins the movie in your eyes? Is it Stone for you or is it, is it it's, Gosling? It's, yeah. I mean, we'll get to it in a second with the golden Odies, but yeah. Yes. It's it's Emma Stone for me. Okay. Amazing. Let's just, uh, well, before we get to the golden Odies, um, let me just mention also 
Uh, for the Golden Globes this year, La La Land broke the record for the most Golden Globe awards with seven wins. Oh, wow. Uh, beating One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Uh, and it also received a record the most Golden Globe wins in every category in which it was nominated with seven nominations and seven wins. So also beating Cuckoo's Nest. So pretty cool. Um, okay, Golden Odies, Jackson. Um, yep. Who are you giving your Golden Odie to? As mentioned before, I was uh, obviously deciding between the two main stars, but I went with Emma Stone. Yeah. Just because I think this is my favorite performance of hers. And I nice, think yeah. I prefer Ryan Gosling in like a bunch of other movies because he's sure. a great actor. And these are like two of my favorite like working actors right now. For sure. So, but yeah, I think, I don't know. I think Ryan Gosling is like peak and nice guys. Like that's my favorite Ryan Gosling. <laughs> he is so fun, which is a he's year later. so good in that. But yeah, I think Emma Stone is just like acting her ass off and she's acting with like her eyes so well. In this too. Like, like the acting, whole, yeah. like the whole scene, which we talked about, like where it's like literally just on her face for two minutes while she sings. And it's so passionate. And yes. And like, oh, like they don't even do anything with it other than like get a really good framing of her face. And she just sells that whole scene. And it's awesome. It's so good. It's yeah, so good. She's, she's fantastic. So yeah, I would, I would give it to Emma Stone. Yeah, I'm doing the same. Um, for all the reasons you said, like her performance is a little quieter in, in certain aspects where she's not saying much, but it's all in her eyes. And it's just she she really owns silent moments and really, really eats that up. Gosling also just incredible, playing the piano, doing all the choreography and dancing, and it's just incredible stuff from his uh breakdance days. It's good stuff to see. Um, and I think I also think Emma Stone's jokes land harder for me. I think when she's being funny, she's being really funny. Yeah, she's just so good. She Gosh, is. I haven't God, seen her in a while. Uh, she's gonna be in a Yorgos Lanthimos movie this year, I believe. Again, so. let's go. Yeah, let's go, baby. Um, it was the favorite after this movie. It was. This was the next year. Was the favorite. Gotcha. Um, okay. So then she got uh, or uh, 2018, maybe 17 or 18 is when it was. But yeah, and then she got nominated again for supporting that year. So. I've got some fun facts for in regards to that later. Um, Sweet. Okay, well, squeaker, buddy. Giving a squeaker out. All right. I'm giving it to John Legend. Yeah. <laughs> I think you are too, maybe. Uh, I'm actually, just for fun. Oh, go ahead and talk about why you're giving it to John Legend. I don't know. Yeah. He's just, well, I guess yeah. we talked about it. He's, a, He's yeah. just John Legend. Ooh, let me give out one more golden Odie to that keyboard that's black with the red keys Ooh, on it. That's yeah. a sick keyboard. That is I a gotta sick say, keyboard. Ooh, I'll, I do give like it, that. I'll give that a golden Odie. That's fine. I'll, I'll appreciate that. For Wonderful. best musical instrument in a movie. I'm a, I'm giving a squeaker to a Finn Whitrock who plays Greg. Um, Just tough looks oh, for my... That's her husband. That's her, her, boy, that's her boyfriend before she runs off. Oh, to you're him. right. You're right. You're right. Um, of American Horror he, Story fame, he is a little douche, a little douchey guy, and just like get, she's just like, I'm sorry, and just leaves, and like, does he never hear from her again in that moment? They were but, barely dating, like they were like seeing each other for like a month, like that's probably like what, like three dates maybe, like yeah, yeah you're fine. And they're talking about like the surround sound in their house. Yeah, <laughs> like, it sounds boring. It's like, such a fun conversation. So I'm just giving what and Golden Odie to, to Greg, or uh, no, not a Golden a Odie, squeaker. A squeaker. Gosh, yeah, I'm giving a squeaker to Greg. Tough looks for him. Um, and I just want to point out, since we're talking about people, that uh, the girl, Mia's friend with the green dress, her roommate, uh, is the star of Happy Death Day and Happy Death Day to you. Uh, oh, Jess- cool. Jessica Roth. So good for her. Um, amazing. 
Should we go on to Shirley? You can't be serious. Shirley, you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Trivia facts, Jackson. Um, as always, I like to start off with casting stuff. Um, do you know who were originally slated to star as Mia and Sebastian? I feel like I I, I knew that there was somebody else, but I, I can't think of who it is right now. Uh, the first one was Miles Teller. Yeah, coming, that makes sense. Coming off of Whiplash. Um, and Emma Watson were originally slated. Interesting. I can see that working. Yeah, I think I so. I feel like they'd have decent chemistry. Miles Teller is charismatic as hell, so I could see that working. But I, I definitely prefer this duo. Um, and just for fun facts, Watson dropped out due to her commitments to Disney's live-action Beauty and the Beast remake. And uh, sure. yeah. Teller exited via long contract negotiations. <laughs> so <laughs> there's that. Um cool. And just a fun fact, Gosling turned down the Beast role in Beauty and the Beast in favor of La La Land. So how about that? Good for him. He picked the right project. I think so. (laughs) Respect to Dan Stevens, I guess, who was the Beast. Good for him. Um, According to composer Justin Hurwitz, all the piano performances featured in the film were first recorded by pianist Randy Kerber during pre-production. And then Ryan Gosling spent two hours a day, six days a week in piano lessons, learning the music by heart. That's awesome. By the time filming had begun, Gosling was able to play all the piano sequences seen in the film without the use of a hand double or CGI. John Legend, who is classically trained pianist, said he was jealous of how quickly Gosling learned to play so well. <laughs> That's awesome. So <laughs> That's so cool. Shout out Ryan Gosling. What a guy. Do you think he could still do that today? Probably not. He probably forgot. Do all you that lose stuff. it immediately? Like you got to do so much other stuff in Hollywood that like. I feel like you probably can't like hone your other skills in the and meantime. Especially if you're just learning, like if you're not learning how to play the piano, but just learning how to play those pieces. Exactly. It's definitely like the cram for the test and then immediately forget it after you write it down on yeah. a piece of paper. Absolutely. So yeah, he probably could not do that <laughs> uh, again. Um, Sebastian's tip about amplifying a car fob's range by holding it under your chin does work. I know. I, I did that before the movie. That was like a thing I would yeah, do. I did too. I do still do it today. Um, But it does not cause cancer. Uh, Just in <laughs> case you were wondering. But I liked his like his saying like, but you save time. So it's actually worth getting the cancer. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it balances out. It's great. Um, In the scene at the planetarium or not the planet. Yeah. The observatory, whatever the, the Ryan Gosling, yeah, Emma Stone fall out of the air into their seats, kiss and the camera zooms in for a close up before the fade. Uh, this sequence was shot in reverse. It starts in black. They zoom out to the kiss and the telescope up to the two shot. And then like it goes out wide and then Stone and Gosling are lifted out of the other wires. Yeah. yeah. So they shoot that in reverse. And that's just that makes sense. Actually, it is really, really smooth. So that makes way so more nice. sense. <laughs> yeah. That they just, yeah. So pretty cool. That's smart. Um, the audition scene where the casting director interrupts Mia's emotional performance to take a phone call. Uh, was inspired by one of Ryan Gosling's actual auditions in real life. <laughs> Hollywood will be Hollywood. I love that. Um, for the Another Day of Sun sequence, uh, only 30 dancers were used for the sequence. And then you most of the- think that. It feels so busy. I know. The, most of the people in cars seen in the far background are CGI, obviously. But, oh, okay. But in a, all the stuff up close is just them, which is cool. Um, John Legend, our guy in this film- um, had to learn how to play the guitar for his role. So <laughs> really, he didn't know. He didn't know how to play guitar. So he learned how to play for that like 
the two sequences where he's playing guitar. <laughs> um, so good for him. Another little clip for another day of sun. Um, that opening number was filmed on a day when it was 109 degrees Fahrenheit. Jeez. Uh, they did that over two days. Each performer had two spare sets of costumes stored in the cars, which they changed between takes because they were sweating so much. So sweaty. Um, and then uh, they like started choreographing the uh, the the choreography in a, like a parking lot, and then the sequence was mapped with miniature model cars and post-it notes. And then during the filming, to avoid being accidentally filmed on the overhead camera, the choreographer hid beneath a car so that she could bark instructions to the dancers. That's so cool. Wild stuff. Um. In the opening dance sequence on the freeway, I got a lot on this. Um, they took both directions of the westbound carpool lane of the freeway, so they took up both lanes. So half of the cars are facing the wrong way in the scene. That's usually a two-lane highway. Oh, funny. So a little fun fact. Um, after one of the auditions Emma Stone attends, she mentions the film has a plot similar to Rebel Without a Cause, which provokes them to go see the movie. And then... Uh, James Dean wears a like a red jacket in Rebel Without a Cause, and yeah. then she wears that to both the audition and the callback for oh, that cool. role. Just a little fun homage. And then finally, Tom Hanks was so impressed by the film that during a press conference for his film Sully, he told all the reporters to go see the film whenever they could. So good guy, <laughs> not, Tom. Not Hanks. his movie, just La La no, Land. Don't see this shit film. Go see La La Land. <laughs> Love that. Um, Bechtel test Jackson, does it pass? I think it does because she talks with her friends about stuff yes. that's not with guys. Yes, it, bar- it barely passes just because yeah. they talk about auditions and, and roles and stuff. And yeah, so it barely passes. And maybe if uh, if her if Ryan's sister was in the picture, they would have passed further, but it does yeah. not. So we got that. Um, Rick Dalton meme test Jackson. Does it pass? I don't think they say La La Land. They do not say La La Land. Yeah. Thank goodness. Um, and then is it a good date movie, Jackson? Did you watch it with oh, Abby? Uh yeah. Hell yeah. This is a great date movie. Such a good date movie. It's Love like it. kind of sad. Like maybe like the ending will like bum him out, but no, it's a great date movie. Yeah, it'll get you in the feels. People will be crying. Um, anything we missed before we go to the list is life? Forgetting anything? I don't think so. Anything you need I feel to mention? Pretty, pretty good about this. I feel good too. La La Land, what a film. Um, okay then, let's go on to The List is Life. The list is an absolute good. The list is life. And let's go over to the uh, RCR Top 100, where we have uh, 16 movies ranked thus far, about to be 17. Jackson, what's feeling good? Well, what did you rank La La Land? I should first ask. I think the first time I watched it, I gave it four and a half, but I think this is a five-star movie. Oh, here like, we go. What do you think? Do you think it's a five-star movie? Oh, yeah. I've given it five okay, stars as well. Cool. Cool, um, cool. So remind me, did you give Butch five stars? I did. You you swayed me. Okay. So, and I made it five. So we're in top five range then for, okay. for La La Land then. Um, do you think it's better than Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid? I think so. I think so too. Um, is it better than everything, everywhere, all at once? That's where it's tricky for me. This to me feels like this is when you have to take into account the part, like what it did for blah 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 cinema blah yeah. blah blah. Um, do you think it like revitalized the movie musical? 
Yeah, here, here's what I would do. I would put it above Silver Linings Playbook because personally, I feel like we need to switch Silver Linings and everything everywhere. That's just me. Should we do that right now? Let's just do it right now. Let's just move Silver Linings to fourth, everything everywhere to third, and then put La La Land got... in third. Okay, I got, <laughs> that okay. I got La La Land third, everything everywhere fourth, then Silver Linings. Yeah, in that feels right to me. Got yeah. it. Okay, I am fine with that. Let's do that. Cool. Wonderful. So La La Land, big in the top three. Totally. Right under Jurassic Park. That feels that feels right. That, that feels, feels right. I like that. That feels good. Yeah. Amazing. That's what Amazing. we got there. That we have 17 movies now, almost to 20, where we'll revisit our list and see if we need to do any chicantry other than what we've done. Uh the act the RCR actor list, Jackson. Not adding yeah. any yet, are we? Not to my knowledge. Not yet. No. I but think we... Ryan Gosling he shows up again. And yeah. Blade Runner. Yep, we'll get some Blade Runner combo for sure. Um, so yeah, they'll be coming back up. I don't know if we'll get Emma Stone again. Um, oh wait, no, she does. She's here. Oh wait, we've She's got on Super the list. Bad. She's in Super Bad. Yeah. Okay, here we are. Um, We're adding her. Let's okay. go. So the list right now is uh, Jamie Lee Curtis at four, Michael Caine at three, Bradley Cooper at two, and Christian Bale at one. Um, I think. And we're basing these off of just the movies, or like. Just the just the performances we've seen. Okay. With them, I think she's above Jamie Lee. Totally. I think she's above Michael Caine. Yeah. And then I this is where it gets tricky. Is she above B Coops? And Bradley Cooper's there for Stars Born and, and Silver, Silver Linings. Did he win any Oscars? Cooper, no. None for these. Nominated though for all of them. Ooh. This is tough. Like, like it's two va- it's two pretty different performances, two, and they're both very solid. They are, but I. But are think they better than Stars Born and Silver Linings? Is is where I like I I'll, think I'll put her over if you. Oh feel yeah, good. but if if you don't think so, her performance in La La Land is so good. I we think, can put we can move oh, her down. Man. It's up to you. Let's put her at three for now. Okay, just for now, because. Bradley in Silver Linings and Stars Born, I just really dig. As opposed to like Super Bad is good, like it's solid for what yeah. it is. It's, it's I, a smaller role for sure. Yeah, so I'm just gonna put her. It's actually her first role, right? I think so. Yeah. So it's like her first role, and then the role that got her an Oscar. That's pretty cool. Man, that is pretty cool. We might have to move that a- another day when we're feeling differently. But I'll put her <laughs> I'm, there. I'm fine with that. Now. I'm fine with that. I wouldn't have put her over Christian Bale. No, I wouldn't have either. Dark Knight and. American Psycho and Prestige. He's got three on the board. Yeah, he, dude's too. He's too overpowered right now. I know. He's he great. The RCR All Star. Um, all right, Jackson. Do we want to move on to uh, Cinephile? Yeah. Amazing. Okay, we're bringing this back finally. It's been a minute since we've done this, but we are continuing nice. the game where we put one uh, actor against a new actor every week, and we see if they stand the test of time. Um, I think we said they have to survive three weeks and then we'll draw for new people and they'll go into our little hall of fame. Wonderful. Um, so currently we have Scarlett Johansson who beat out Will Ferrell last time. Maybe it was a bit uh, unfair. I don't know, but uh, I'm pulling out a card now and we have oh, Ralph Fiennes. Oh boy. Going up against oh, Scarlett Johansson. Very different. Very, very different. Very different. Wow. Um, where do you begin? Ralph Fiennes has quite a filmography. 
Um, he's Voldemort. He's in the James Bond movies. He's uh, he's in the menu, which is a big hit now. Grand Budapest. Schindler's, Schindler's List, List was nominated for an Oscar for Schindler's List. Uh, in Bruges, which is really fun. Hurt Locker. Kubo, the two strings. Goodness. Man. What do you think? What What's your vibe? He's also Alfred in the Lego Batman movie, I think. True, true, true. Uh, he's in Prince of Prince Egypt. Prince of Egypt. That movie goes hard. Oh, man. English Patient. I mean, he's in like, he's in big movies. He's in two, here, if this qualifies you for anything, he's in two best picture winners. If that does anything for you. Maybe here's, it here's my thing, right? Yeah. I feel like if you're, if you're, if you want to use the MCU on Scarlett Johansson to be like, oh, well, she's like this big franchise leader. Then we can use Harry Potter. He's, yeah, he has Harry Potter and like a lot of the James James Bond Bond. stuff under his belt. So, like, if we're looking at more of the smaller roles, Mm -hmm. ah, this is tough. This is really tough for me. I don't know. Maybe it's obvious that it's Scarlett Johansson, but like Grand Budapest, the menu, Schindler's List. It is tough. The Kingsman, Kubo. Because he has he plays such to him. He can do comedy and he can do scary. He can do menacing. Like he can really do it all. Um, can ScarJo do comedy? Is she funny? Oh, that's a good question. What do you think? I can't off the top of my head think of a a a comedy that she's in. Let me do it. She's really good in uh Jojo Rabbit. Like she kind of does like true some comedic stuff uh she's i mean marriage story is amazing her is amazing man the you prestige is amazing maybe it's still her i think it might still be her however it's they tough, are though they are both in hail caesar which that's is true a f- fun fact for you all um and yeah. she's got her own uh claymation movie with isle of dogs so true and all Ray finds has is the wallace and gromit and he has Kubo. He's in Kubo. Which oh, is he's got Wallace movie. and Gromit too, and Lego Batman. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> but we got oh, a zoo, Carter. He's in. He's in Doolittle. Ooh, that hurts him. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I'm fine with ScarJo. We can. Okay, we can. She can stay. Congrats, but man. That's a that's a good that's a good well fought battle this time. A little that bit was. tougher than with Will Ferrell. I agree. But Ray finds all respect to you. You're 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 a legend. Good for you, man. I love In Bruges. What a movie. Great movie. Amazing. Congrats to Ray Fines. Okay, finally, Jack. Yeah, congrats to him uh, <laughs> for being mentioned on our podcast. <laughs> okay, Jackson, you feeling lucky? You could ask yourself a question. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? I'm feeling lucky. Uh, amazing. Let's. Spin the wheel. We're one through 83 now. Spinning, spinning, spinning. 63, which corresponds to Neil Blomkamp's District 9. Oh, baby. I love this movie. That's your joint, baby. That's great. And we're getting a new Neil Blomkamp movie this year. Did you know that? Uh, Which one is it? The Gran Turismo, which is an interesting lane for him. Um, Wonderful. Awesome. Next week, we'll be covering District 9. That is on HBO Max, I believe. So another streamer for you guys. Check that out. And uh, yeah, that sounds delightful. I can't wait. Um, Jackson, quick fantasy filmography update for you. Season 2 
is in its third week now. We're recording this on a Wednesday. So this is the official update on Wednesday, February 8th. A new competitor has entered the fray, Jackson. Uh, in fourth place now is Cody Webb uh, with his Apple TV Plus A24 streamer Sharper receiving uh, initial reviews. Uh, not very positive ones, unfortunately. Oh, no, really? Um, we'll see where that goes. It's the Sebastian Stan one. And this Julianne is one I almost grabbed that it was like my fourth choice, but like, yeah, it got grabbed right before I could get it and it's not doing very well. Not, not as of yet. Um, critic reviews, like, you know, in the fifties right now, 50 ish range. So not, not great. There's still time. Don't have any audience reviews yet. So we'll get those later this week. Um, so he's in fourth with 18.4 points. Um, as of now, garnering hasn't garnered any, any, everything yet. Jeff now in third, with uh, 32.4 points, still sitting strong with You Hurt My Feelings. No movement there, really. Me in second place with Infinity Pool and 39.44 points. Sitting pretty steady there and will be for a while. And then David in first place, just by sheer volume once again. Um, <laughs> adding another film to his belt this week with Magic Mike's Last Dance. Real quantity um, over quality right now. <laughs> truly. I like that strategy. It seems like uh, All Dirt Road's Taste of Salt is going to be a, a pretty well-reviewed movie once we get That's good. once that levels out and we get more reviews and audience things for that. Not much there still out of Sundance. Knock at the Cabin is a controversial uh, Shyamalan movie with controversial opinions and reviews to be expected. Um, Magic Mike's Last Dance not doing great with initial reviews, but maybe that'll turn. But David has 107.29 points right now. So uh, he is firmly in the lead with four of his movies already on the docket. That's crazy. Pretty, pretty wild. Um, So just things to look forward to. Check out Sharper and Magic Mike's Last Dance this week if you're interested (laughs) in keeping up with filmography. And then we've got an exciting head-to-head next week, Jackson, with Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, and Ant-Man and the Wasp, Mania going head-to-head. I wonder who will win. Me, too. <laughs> Very excited there. Um, so if you're keeping track at home, um, next week we're covering District 9, and then the week after, I'm going to assume we'll be covering Ant-Man and the Wasp. Probably, so, yeah. So get ready for that. We might mention Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, if Jackson and I decide to see that. We'll see. We won't. We won't. <laughs> Okay. Um, <laughs> maybe we will. I don't know. Maybe. I'm sure you'll check it out. Who's to say? I might go see it for funsies. Um, with that, Jackson, we're done. We covered it all, buddy. Woo-hoo. How you feel? I feel great. I feel fulfilled, and I'm ready to seize the day tomorrow. What a time to be alive. Um, Jackson, where can the people follow us? On Instagram. They can follow us on Instagram at roughcut underscore pod. You can click our link in the bio and go to our website, our Twitters, our uh, latest episodes on Spotify or Apple Music, and you can get all that junk you, right to your face. So you should do that. Put it in your face. Put it in your yeah. face. And put you in can your also face hole. put it in your face hole. And you can do that on Twitter too, guys, at roughcut underscore co. Just take your face and shove it in there and listen to our stuff. Put it in and, your ears. Yeah. Put just in put us in your ears nice and good. And we'll like to be there. <laughs> anyway, this got weird and I'm glad it did. Um Thanks for listening. As always, exciting stuff coming down the pipe. We love you very much. You never find a stop button nowadays. In case I don't see you. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night.